0: Today we have on a branding specialist, Ari K. Her business is Sika She's here in Chicago by way of Bali. She was born and raised in Bali and broke all the rules and made her way over to Chicago to be a branding specialist. And she's here to talk about that and women entrepreneurship and everything in between. So stay tuned. Hello, everyone, this is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willis. Today, we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. So, Ari K., my beautiful friend. Thank you so much for being here today. I so appreciate it. I'm super excited to talk about branding and brand creation and brand strategy, because let me say that's what everyone's talking about right now is that's so off brand. That's so on brand. Like <laughs> That's all I kept hearing in my, I was waking up this morning thinking about talking to you and I'm like, yes, we get to talk about being on brand and what that means. So thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it.
1: You know, I'm honored to be in here, Meredith. I feel like I'm so excited that this day finally has arrived. I can't wait to chat more with you about all things branding and also like some things around our own life right now, our yeah. professional life as a woman um, in business.
0: Yeah. And when you OK, so when we first talked, I was so excited because you're from Bali, <laughs> And I was in Bali two and a half years ago, and I'm like, what are you doing in Chicago if you're from Bali? But I get it. But so, yeah. So tell us all about Bali to
1: Chicago and how you got here and what made you come. My goodness. Um, you know, at this time of year, I really wish I'm in <laughs> Bali, right? I mean, like, honestly, we're not even done with winters last springs, last winter. I don't know what you call it now. I know. <laughs> but um, it's all actually started off when I was still living in Bali. And I would That's say your, it's probably when about, you were living in Bali, right? Yes. Okay, go ahead. About 11 years or so ago, maybe now. Now, at that time, I was working on my very first job as the official graphic designer at this really I would say like a pretty prestige like firm for all things hospitality. They own a lot of like different hotels in Bali. So many different like hospitality businesses under this one particular business. It was all great. The thing is that when my husband, back then he was my fiance, he was traveling to Bali and then he finally asked me this question. Okay, all I'm so curious. You love your work. I know you're like an awesome and kick designer, but how much do you really get paid per month? Yeah. And I was like... Okay, that's a pretty random question coming from you, but yeah, I'm an open book. I got paid two hundred fifty dollars per month, and he's like, "Wait, you mean you add yeah. another zero at the end, right?" And I was like, "No, no, 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 no just two five zero. That's a it." A month. Yes, a month, and this is like, and almost- that's very normal. I mean, we need to we need to preface. Yes,
0: that this was is very not normal. like it's very normal. Unfortunately, in Bali, I yes. mean, I remember when we would talk to people in Bali. And they would tell us about how they had relatives who worked on the cruise ships and they were like millionaires because they were making like three grand a month. Like they were the millionaires of the family. So it's not that you were being underpaid. It was just that that was $250 was actually. I mean,
1: yeah,
0: we had we when we went to Bali, the guys that helped us in our house, they were making one hundred and fifty dollars a month. So actually Mm -hmm. you're. You're killing it at 250. So
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, I just graduated right from an art school back then. So it was my honestly very first job that I was super excited about. But my husband really showed me like other ways that I could thrive. And he showed me all this like you can be a freelancer, so you can get work online and all these different things. And it just like blew my mind, to be honest. Like, yeah, okay, that is interesting. So I studied a bit more. I dabble in like some of these websites for freelancing and I finally told myself, this is amazing. I'm going to try it out. So I told my parents like, hey, mom and dad, I'm going to be my own businesswoman. I'm going to be my own boss and I'm going to quit my job. And they're like, "Uh uh-huh, sure, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty much sure that they did not take that seriously. So there I am. I already quit my job. Two weeks into like being a freelancer, my, my parents finally asked me like, Ari, why aren't you going to work? Are you like taking a vacation or something? It's like, no, I quit my job. And they're like, oh my God, this girl, like seriously, are you being serious right now? You're just doing things online? Are you sure that's a job? And I was like, yes, mom, dad, I make some money. And it was just so interesting because our culture was not really thought about the possibility beyond like nine to five work, right? Beyond that, there's nothing that really being educated to us or being shared with us that you can do anything you want. Even when I was a kid, all that I knew is everything and anything around tourism. I had to really like break into like something that what is it that I really want from my own career, from my own future? I do not want to be in tourism. In fact, you know, Meredith, before I decided to be a designer, this take me to like my senior year in high school, I didn't want to go to art school or not, not even college at all. I thought my parents like not going to be able to help me go to school or college and everything. So I told my parents like, I don't need to go to college, mom, dad, honestly, it's like, it's okay. And then they're like, no, 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 no. You're our firstborn daughter. You are going to college no matter what. Yeah. So my mom came back from work one day. She gave me this piece of paper to file in for a scholarship. I got the scholarship and it's for tourism school. Like, honestly, you do not need to pay anything. You just <laughs> go in there, got the scholarship right. and then study. I ended up thinking, it's like, you know, I really don't want to be in tourism. I want to be a designer. So before they finalize all these like scholarship thing, I met the judges and I told them, I was like, I'd like to go to art school to be a designer. I do not need a scholarship. And they're like, what, this girl? Like, what on earth are you talking about? You already got the scholarship. I love it. No, 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 no. You can give it it. to somebody else. I'm going to go to art school. And they're like so surprised by that. And obviously my parents are all like so upset. It's like, why on earth are you doing that? But what made me also realize is that I want to take in charge of what my future looks like, right? I'm kind of like a rebel (laughs) back then, but I'm glad I I stood up.
0: I'm so, I I love this. I'm swimming in this. I hope all my listeners right now are swimming in this because I think so many of us, especially women, we are people pleasers. We want to make our parents happy at all costs. It doesn't matter. We, We get on that on that sled and we're going down the hill and the snowball is growing and growing. And now we've graduated from college in a degree we want nothing to do with. And now we're going for a career in a career we want nothing to do with. And then we wake up when we're 43, we lose our minds. We, you know, get a divorce and run away with the circus because we've literally lived our lives for someone else. And I love what you're like, I literally want my 12 year old to listen to this podcast as we're recording it, because I want her to rebel against me. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Like I really do. I want my kids to just, I don't care what you do, but be happy. And I, the fact that you're saying that you did this in a world, in a culture, in a family, in everything, and you actually were given free money to get on the sled and go down the Hill. And you said, I still don't want it to me is life. Like everything I want to be like, you're my spirit animal. Like, cause I, I, but I mean, I wanted to be a beautician. I did. I wanted to be a beautician and it was not your, I'm going to a four-year college and that's what I'm doing. So thank you for just this snippet because I, you are changing people's minds and how they raise their kids. And even to say, to their kids, li- people that are listening, because there's a lot of women with kids. Look, you, I, I don't care if I think you should be a doctor. What the hell do you want to be? So thank you. I
1: love this conversation. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm just, no, I'm brimming I because I can't <laughs>
0: even take how much I love it. Go, thank go, go.
1: You, oh, gosh. But yeah, it was really hard for me to finally just like owning it. I know my parents love me very much, right? It's just that the fact that I finally figure out there's something I want to go towards. So I finally feel like I want to hit that goal. And it was just really exciting for me. And what's really interesting is that these judges, who was thinking that I was such a crazy girl for turning down this scholarship, they ended up calling me back and they introduced me to the in-house graphic designer in their hotel. And I was like, this is amazing. I've never met like graphic designer in my real life before and this just opened up my world like okay this is what I'm going to be experiencing once I graduate from art school so it was just like a really cool way to finally see like what is beyond tourism right because obviously Mm -hmm. everybody was like into tourism honestly everybody in my family all of them married. believe it or not well honestly I think you would believe it because you've been to Bali (laughs) (laughs) right that's the bread and butter right there is tourism wood
0: furniture making you know, yes. i mean that's, or, or rice yeah or, or rice you can cook so, yeah. you can make rice that yeah, is I pretty mean much- that's what it is but that's survival and, yes. and I, but you decided that you wanted more than mm-hmm. existence survival i kudos to your husband thank god because now we have you here in chicago and helping many people yeah. brand their companies but How amazing is it, though? And that's, hey, listeners, it takes one good person to believe in us Mm -hmm. and to plant that seed of possibility and hope. And you can do this to change someone's life, you know, and we can do it for the neighbor's kid or a teacher could do it. And the opposite, of course, as we've heard horror stories of like really crappy guidance counselors or whatever, that's like you can be a nurse or a teacher. And that's, you know, like not that that's the bond, but you know what I mean, where they steer you away from your goals. I have a girlfriend yeah. that her daughter got like a 34 on her ACT and they're like, it was just the poopiest experience. So someone can like literally plant the seed or can destroy the seed. But thank mm-hmm. God for your husband that he planted that seed in you and showed you the possibilities. And if anyone's ever been on like Fiverr, Mm F-I-V-E-R-R.com, there are a lot of people from different places all over the world that they're probably making money in the same way. And they're getting paid fair wages for doing great work Mm -hmm. instead of making the $250 an hour. So like, I mean, but we need to be, we need to have people
1: do that. You know, like, that's amazing. Like, I love that. Agreed. (laughs) Huge. (laughs) So Yeah. Those are pretty much my, I guess, like my background, how I came about into liking design, enjoying design, and pretty much now, you know, live and breathe with it because that is the primary services of my company. Now, how I get here, the Chicago, that's also like kind of interesting because it involves quite a romantic journey (laughs) that I'm probably not going to have time to chat about it today. But the idea is that my husband and I were thinking, okay, I am from Bali, he's Here in Chicago, right? He has been living here in Chicago ever since he was five. And we've been really thinking before we get married, where do we want to live? I started realizing there's not enough education, nor support, nor empowerment for women entrepreneurs in Bali. So with that taking into account, my husband just told me, okay, Ari, if you're open to it, why don't you come to the United States? We'll build a company here together and then we'll see what we can do by learning and then just like get the resources we need here. And then eventually we can move back to Bali if that's something that you want. So I thought about it and that was a really scary move, right? Like, how am I going to do that? Like, I don't know anybody in Chicago. I don't even know where to start, but I believe that there is such, you know, abundant of resources here in the United States. None of those are available for me in Bali back then. I mean, like right now, these days, Indonesia has been finally moving into like the entrepreneurship and they're supporting a lot of those efforts and empowerment. But boy, have I waited like 11 years just to wait for that to happen? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I took the chance. I told my parents, like, I'm going to go to Chicago and then I'm going to try to see what I can make out of myself and, you know, like, what can I chase in terms of like my dreams or my professional development in there? So that's pretty much how I made the move. I left everything behind, just took like one suitcase with my essentials and then there I go.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love that. Uh, this, just so strong. It takes a lot of guts. And so kudos to you and your parents for like surviving that. Cause I'm sure that is <laughs> yeah. a game changer as far as a parent's concerned. So now you're in Chicago and now you have your company. Cicalofia. I said yeah. right. <laughs> Cicalofia. And does that mean something? Is it a name for something or just something like what you just like the name? What is Picolefia?
1: That is a really interesting question. And I I heard that a lot simply because people are curious about the name. It's not usual. That name, honestly, doesn't really mean anything. I completely made (laughs) it up. I made it up when (laughs) I was in high school. I was so bored during biology class and people and the teacher are just talking about all these like biology names for worms and, you know, different animals and things like that. And I, I challenged myself, okay, if if anybody could create, well, scientists can create all these names, why can't I create one was so I was like challenging myself to be like somebody that can create some sort of like name. And I came up with Scalafia and right away I feel some connection to it. And I mm. asked a friend of mine who's really into silk um, and screen printing. I asked him, hey, can you print this for me and put it in my backpack? And ever since then, that label has become so attached to me and people have been seeing me, okay, Skelthea, that's Ari. And I start using the same name over and over for my profiles on any design membership or even like design websites and things like that. So it just built its own name and its own equity. And when we finally create the company, my husband asked, okay, what should we call our company? Do you want to keep your brand Sicalofia and then build a company with that name? And I was like, why not? So that's not? pretty much how it got started. Fun. And yeah, it has its own curiosity. People always try to understand what it is and how it had become its own brand for us. And I also feel like it has some sort of like personal attachment to me, right? I feel like when you talk about brand and you hear about the stories of each brand, there's always a person behind it. What is this mm. person's story all about? And you start to get an understanding like there are some sort of like things that happen in their life, whether it's either, like a conflict or a development that happened in their life that takes them from that point in the journey into where they are today. So that I feel like has been really interesting to see the development of Scalophia. Yeah. yeah,
0: and I mean, that's basically what you do all day is find out a person's story, yeah. and the energy behind what they're doing and where they're headed and what they, the, you know, the energy of the embodiment of their brand before it mm-hmm. maybe even is a brand. Maybe it's just an idea when they come to you, or maybe they've been doing it for 10 years, but it seems like the energy is shifting. And so you're, mm-hmm. you kind of take their story and what's your like explain how branding works. I mean, if now everything about branding is, of course, like you said, the story, the person behind the story, I want to have connection. Everything in 2021 is connecting to a person or, and so how, how do you take someone's story and turn that into a thing that wasn't there before? Like it wasn't there before and now it's there. So
1: how do you go about doing that? Wow. Brand is such a complex thing. And I feel like This is not enough time for us to talk about all this brand, right? However, if you really think about it, the moment you understand about a brand, number one, there's got to be a connection or the curiosity at the very least, like why you're interested in this brand? What is it for you, right? I mean, like what got you so interested that you want to either connect or follow or find out more about this brand? There's got to be something that makes you, number one, interested, And then maybe then you're trying to figure out, okay, is there some sort of like alignment here? Do they follow exactly some sort of like value or is there like something that maybe you can connect with me? Say that one brand is very much into sustainability. Maybe that is also something that you value the most, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously when you feel like, okay, there's a connection here, they also value the same thing that I do. So let's check it out. I mean, like I also, I'm looking for new things for maybe like, let's just say like a makeup product. And Mm -hmm. once you find or bridge that particular connection, it happened. It happened in terms of like, you finally find a connection and you finally try to understand like what this brand is all about. Mm -hmm. The funny thing, in my opinion, about brand is that people are tying that into their identity, right? Whatever you buy these days, you almost feel like it attached to who you are. If you buy right. something good, you feel good and you feel like, okay, yeah, I'm contributing to something good. You obviously are not going to like promote to your friends that you're buying like bad brands who promote right. like bad <laughs> values and behaviors and all that kind of stuff. Like, like for, for example, my husband, he really does not like Jimmy John's simply because <laughs> the founders or the CEO of Jimmy John's are just not that ethical, right? So right. he's like, no, 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 I will never, ever, ever buy Jimmy John's. And I finally understand that after, you know, really studying brand and how we these days are really tying that into our identity. So let me ask you, Meredith, which brand is your favorite?
0: Okay, so what when we were just talking about that brand identity, the first thing I went to is how much like I love like going to Trader Joe's and I feel good. And when I leave, I feel like happy. And the cashiers are all have like blue hair and are fun. And it's just like (laughs) a positive experience Yeah. or like Aldi. I love that they're healthy and they don't store their food in the background. You know, it's like right on the shelves, healthy and organic. And so I like, versus just a grocery store that has like no personality to it. It's just a totally still getting food, still getting apples, but it has a totally different energy connect for me. hundred percent.
1: Yeah. And that's the experience too, right? Mm
0: -hmm. When you,
1: okay. So when you think about like branding, it's not just about the logo. It's not just about the colors or things that you see. It's also about the experience, right? What or how do you really feel when you get to one particular place? Like for example, Trader Joe's that you mentioned, or even like maybe if it's online, when you go to a certain website, Is the website actually clear for you so that you can browse and find things rather easily for your own needs? Or is it going to make you feel like you're wasting your time? So that experiences and also like the communication, right? How do you want to really share your values, your message to the audience? Is that really what they need? And at, at what phase is it in their life that they would need your services or products? I think when you try to understand brand and trying to position where your brand is, you have to really pay a very close attention in terms of like, who are these people? Yeah. How closely can you define these people, right? I mean, you can say like, yeah, this is for everybody. But when you're targeting everybody, you're really targeting nobody. So if you can be very specific and clear about that, it's going to make it a lot easier for you to really think about how their thinking is and what do they do or what do they have to go through to make a decision right find yeah I,
0: I love that you know it's becoming such a common thing to say like what's the avatar of the person that's your client and once you identify that then you could kind of create like for myself It took me a long time to kind of figure out who I am as far as my career Mm -hmm. and like, who am I talking to? And now I know who I'm talking to because they're texting me and emailing me and messaging me. So now I have an idea of the women primarily and some men that I'm speaking to. And so then I can create content and talk to the people that they want to hear from. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? Even if it's just one series, but you know, or dribble in here and there. So I think it's harder to brand yourself because you're like, it's the tree in the forest. And so that's where you come in, where someone contacts you And just for everyone's information, her contact information are all in the show notes. And it'll be if you can't find it, she's got a website. It's all going to be in the show notes so we can have it in there. They contact you and then it kind of like the story starts. Right. So now they've got with you. And then do you do like a, a background research with them? Like, how do you work with a person who has a small business or like what's the smallest business and what's the biggest business that you usually deal with?
1: That's a good question. Typically, when people come to us around branding, a lot of the time, they honestly, number one, either they don't know what their brand is all about, and that's why they're coming to us. Or number two, they sort of have a brand, but have no idea what to do with it, right? Yeah. So I think there's like two different cases here. But for the first one, though, oftentimes, we go through like a discovery phase. Well, this typically for both cases, but we would go through this discovery phase understanding like, what is it that you need and what is it that would make sense for you to prioritize in your business? Mm -hmm. A lot of the time when clients come to us, they would say, okay, we need a website or we need this logo X, Y, and Z, but why? A lot of the time too, they just feel like, okay, people told me that I need to do X. I need to have this before I sell my products or services and everything. But when you only do things because somebody told you that you have to, then you don't have a good strategy. What are you going to do after you have it, right? So going through this discovery really help us understand what motivates you to do X. And it doesn't make sense for you to do that right now. Because honestly, we would just love to bring in more business to ourselves. But I want to make sure that they are going to be getting the most that they can for the investment, what it is that makes sense for their business, right? If it's not, if it doesn't make sense for them to make a a website right now, then I'll tell them you're not ready for a website right now. If you want, Mm -hmm. just go to Squarespace and just like make a quick website there. You don't like need a splash us, page or something.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. Just yeah. a landing page. Yeah. And so you could actually save them money. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, honestly, I do not want to see them, you know, get so strapped in their funding and not being able to move forward in their business because they spend something in the wrong place, right? They got to have to have a priority first. Like which one is the most important for you right now? Is it the marketing? Then that's, Focus on the marketing. If It is more on the branding, and that makes sense for you to expand your, you know, offerings through the branding, marketing strategies, and communication. We'll do exactly that. But oftentimes they are so focused and trying to look around within their world, like, oh, my competitor have new website. Oh, someone says that I need to do X. Like, let's calm down and take then and just breath. like, yeah, take a <laughs> breath. Like, let's just focus on you. Like, what is it that you feel is missing right now? Why do you mm-hmm. think we need a website? Or maybe why do you think we need to update your website? There's got to be like an information that we need to figure out first before we kind of prepare a plan for them so that they can move forward with it, right? So yeah, that session typically very much helpful, not just for me, but also for them. They can then understand like, okay, I have a plan now, what I need to do next. So it's not going to be something that, it's not something that can just like It's waste not cut their and dry, it's, exactly. right. it's not
0: one size fits all. So besides quote, branding, which is a logo, which is a website design, which is picking out colors and fonts, right? I mean, it it literally is your entire snapshot of your company
1: in yeah. color,
0: print, and whatnot. So do you do all of those things? What does your company like if I come to you and I say, "Hi, I have a coffee shop and I am all over the place. What can you do as a company for people that come to you?
1: That's a good question. Typically with we'll aspects, like, what do you think is missing right now? Or like, why do we need to evaluate this? There's got to be some sort of like something in their mind right now that they are feeling is missing. Oftentimes yeah. when clients come to us and say exactly, well, not exactly, but similar to what you said, we found out that they either are not confident with their marketing strategy. They found out that they're not getting enough leads on their website, right? Or they found out that their brand is really just like, I mean, nobody really understands what they're all about. Their messaging is all over the place. Nothing is consistent. So there are some areas in their life that they feel is missing in their business. So that's why they're like, okay, we need to do something. But what is that something? And they would just like label it. We just need to update our website okay, but why, why do we need that? Let's just get down to the bottom of it so that we can measure whatever it is that we're trying to do so that you're not just like, you know, investing somewhere exactly and not getting any return out of it. So that's pretty much what we really try to help a lot of the people that came to us and our clients. And also there's a lot of different assumptions around website as well, right? There are so many different platforms out there, Meredith, and I feel like you can honestly pick and choose whichever one you like. However, yeah. understanding like there are different platforms out there for a reason doesn't mean that all of those are going to fit you. Yeah, If you mainly serve retail, you probably want to look at Shopify. But if you really want to focus your marketing strategies on building content and blogging, then WordPress could be one platform that's going to be a better fit for you. Or maybe you just don't want to deal with any other like coding stuff. Then Squarespace is really going to be awesome for you because you don't have to worry about those. You can just like plug and play. So there's not enough, in my opinion, like, I guess like resources for them to understand like, what is it that I need, right? Which one makes sense? And I think through our discussion with a lot of these entrepreneurs, it really helps them understand like, okay, that's what I need. Okay, now I can think about what is the next steps I need to do for my business and whether or not that makes sense. Yeah, because I when I'm listening
0: to what you're saying, it's things aren't going necessarily the way I want them to go change everything. And what you're saying is is that might not be necessary. So let's take a breath and find out what's happening, because maybe their phone's ringing off the hook, but no one's buying because the prices are so high. So they could change their logo seven ways from Saturday. People are still not going to buy anything (laughs) because you can't charge $700 for a sweater or whatever. So it's more of a let's actually find the problem before we just spend $10,000 changing everything. And, you know, that's amazing. I love I love that you're able to see past Just, yeah, sure, we'll give you a new, you know, $20,000 website or whatever that there might be something else that we need to fix, like you're posting on social media or whatever. So- Not just are you a woman who came from Bali, who started her own company, who created a word, but you're also married and, you know, you have a household that you're running and you're a woman entrepreneur. And just like the rest of us women out here, we're trying to figure out life and swim through all of the challenges of being a woman and running a company. And sometimes we forget to take a minute. And recently you had a a problem that you had to overcome and- If you want to talk about that for a minute.
1: Oh, yeah. So last month in March, I I was really happy because I finally saw the positive signs like, yay, you're <laughs> pregnant. I was like, oh, my God. I was so ecstatic. And I called my family. I was just I couldn't stop smiling because I've been trying to get pregnant again with my husband for over a year. So this was just so amazing. I'm so excited. However, that happiness was very cut short. So I found out on Saturday and then on Monday, the following few days, I start feeling a really painful tummy ache. And I was like, okay, it's probably something that I ate yesterday, probably something bad, probably going to go away. It did not go away after six hours. And it's just like still there. I was like, okay. Probably I don't know. like maybe I'm too bloating. I don't know. So I was just trying to think of something that is not sad. not sad exactly because I, I had this experience in maybe about six, seven years before, and I try not to go there. So I went to the urgent care and they told me, okay, because you're pregnant, things could get complicated, especially in the abdomen. So we recommend you should probably go to the emergency. Care, I was like, okay, I'll go there, and then I'll, I went there, and they kept me there for quite some time because they're also trying to figure out, okay, what is going on with this lady because I wasn't bleeding, right? Typically, mm. when you were bleeding and you're pregnant, you kind of know something definitely is wrong. You got but your clues, right? Exactly, yeah. and I'm gonna be a bit um, transparent here. I had ectopic pregnancy before, back in 2012. And that one I had bleeding. So I knew exactly like how that felt. But my understanding was that they already took out my right tube. So the pain is still on the right tube. I was like, this is weird. It shouldn't be an ectopic pregnancy because it's already taken out. So they also like trying to figure out, okay, what is wrong with this girl? And they ended up like, just like observing me. And we found out the... Next week after that, that I did have ectopic pregnancy and we had to go through a surgery for that one, I was honestly, didn't know how to feel because I was just so happy. And then immediately right after that, everything just crashed. And I think at that moment, I realized that, you know, you can't just like go, 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 go all the time. Yeah. As a woman entrepreneur, I feel like that has been the mentality that we have been having. We've been telling ourselves, keep hustling, you know, keep going and everything. But there will be a time that I think we all need to really reflect on ourselves and and pause on a lot of different things, including work. and Just like take a deep breath. Enjoy your family, right? Enjoy having fun, like having a life that is not just work. So that really made me think of what do I really want in life? Like, seriously, this is, has been a really big wake up call for me to know that happiness can last so long and also can last so, so short. Yeah. I almost feel like that is a big moment for me to also think about what would my business look like if I'm not in the business? I'm lucky now that I finally have like a team of designers under me and my husband also is my business partner. But what can I do if I need to step away from the business? Can the business run itself? So there's so many things that's going on my mind around when can we just like slow down, right? As a woman entrepreneur, we have family, we have like a lot of things in our mind. Oftentimes, But how can we also like advance ourselves at the same time? Where is that line for us? What are the boundaries that we have for ourselves? So there's just like so many different things. I could go on and on of this, but I'm hoping people would at least have that insights for themselves, like really ask yourself, where do you want to go? But how far are you willing to go? Also, like what boundaries do you want to set for yourself so that you can still keep your sanity and keep your happiness? We all creating this entrepreneurship for ourselves because we believe that there are opportunities where we can build our own lifestyle, right? But it shouldn't be running us. We should be the one running it.
0: Yeah. And I read a book. Laura Bull wrote it. It's from Individual to Empire. Great book. And she actually talks about building a brand, too. She's a Psh, hey, mama. And she talks about to, when you kind of start to set put the goalpost up, because as entrepreneurs, we move the goalpost constantly. So it's, it's here and it's, and we're never, ever satisfied. It's never big enough. It's never enough money. It's never, you know, enough publicity, you know, never enough followers, because when you're an entrepreneur, there is no limit. Like when you have a job, you know, you get a raise or you get a title or you move up. And so there's kind of like these levels that are institutionally there that we can see, and that to maybe move up, maybe we need to change jobs. But as an entrepreneur, like for myself, I'm like, I'm going to be the most famous podcaster in the whole world <laughs> and have clients and speaking engagements. There's no limit. Yeah. Which means we have no boundaries, which means we have no hours, which means all hours are our hours. We have no, there's no, limits. And so I think that when you are an entrepreneur, you always have the phone, you're always available. You're, you know, you never say no, because that's the breath of it. You know, you're like, well, I just had lunch with my husband. I just went for a walk. I just went to, you know, so now I'm going to work all night. It's kind of this very give and take, but sometimes that grows legs mm-hmm. and can be very, very overwhelming. So I think when you're an entrepreneur, like one of the things it said in the book was to, to set your goalposts so that at least, you know, when you got there and everyone's yeah. goalposts might be different. Maybe it's money for me, it's to speak on stage and inspire people. And so, cause what if I say that? And then it's like, Oh, but then a million. Uh, 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 and then you never know when you're successful, you, you lose yeah. sight of success. And so I so appreciate you sharing that story. I mean, nine out of 10 women, I, you didn't necessarily, I don't know if they would call that a miscarriage, but nine out of 10 women have a miscarriage. I've had to myself between my first and second kid. And I know that, as you said, you go from very happy to very confused to trying to wrap your brain around what's happening to you and your body. Mm-hmm. And it's very scary and, and sad all at the same time. And with clients that have had miscarriage that I've talked to, it really has been a very awakening situation of, okay, let's take a pause, let's take a breath here and see, yeah. see what it is that we're doing to ourselves. Like, not that you did this to yourself, but you know what I mean in the work environment, what we're yeah. doing to ourselves. So I hate that you had to go through that, but I love that you as I always say, it learned a lesson, like, uh, learned the lesson, not learned a mm-hmm. lesson, but learned the lesson of life of, okay, let me take a pause here. Let me, t- let me take a hard pause and see where yeah. I what I'm doing. I love that.
1: Thank you, Meredith. But honestly, here's one thing that also came out of it. After the surgery, my husband basically told me you are not going to work for the next seven days. What did I do? Of course I grabbed my laptop and take it to the <laughs> bedroom, right? <laughs> Yep. Oh goodness. Yep. But, uh, that just really proves that sometimes we as women, especially if we run our own business, sometimes we can't get our mind off of it. And when you're really experiencing something either traumatic or something big that just happened recently in your life, you want something to get off of your mind. And I feel like work is just something where I feel like I can escape there, right? And in a sense, yeah. that's still healthy
0: ish sort of (laughs) go deal with someone else's problem. Right. Let me deal with this problem. I can handle website and color and font problems (sighs) and design issues of someone else's life. Cause yeah, no, I mean, work can very well be healthy at, you know, I was just talking to somebody I don't even remember. I think it was this morning. That's insane. And I was telling, you know, if when you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And I do see that in you that this is your passion and that helping people is your passion and that you love it, but we just do need to put boundaries around yeah. our time mm-hmm. and taking care of our bodies and eating healthy and not, you know, working ourselves to death. But like we were talking before hitting the you know, record button today, a lot of women, we feel like we have to work twice as hard as a man to get. Where we want to go, you know, we Mm -hmm. need to stand out. We need to network. We need to push ourselves. We need to be doing all of everything. You know, we can't leave it up to anybody, control freak, you know, women. And so I think that's where the illness lies. But I do feel, and maybe it's just because I'm talking to so many amazing women (laughs) doing these podcasts, but I do feel the tide is changing. I do feel a feminine energy coming in to life to the world, to careers and to businesses that there is a feminine energy that is coming in by way of uh, hiring minorities and hiring women and getting more people involved in decision-making and C-level positions. And so I do think that we're getting there and we're going to start seeing that change of tide because I mean, and like I said, I'm in my own little bubble of, of amazing women in business, but- I think we're going to get there. I, and I think we're going to get there. I, I think COVID's going to have a lot to do with it. Yeah, You know, women just went through a year of being home with their kids, good or good, bad or ugly. Yeah. We went through a year of being able to eat when we want to and go for a walk and, you know, not schlep an hour each way to work on the train, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that COVID is redefining the way people work and the way people live and the way the work-life balance is. So I, I, I mean, we cannot negate the loss that people have felt, mm-hmm. of course, but there, we all also have to look at it and go, well, what good did come from it? And I do think that the feminine energy coming into the workplace is one of them. We, it's not yes. the hustle, hustle, be busy, hustle, work 25 hours a day. It makes you better. It's like, no, we don't need to, we don't, enough, enough of yeah. that.
1: We're done. I agree with you on that one. And I almost also feel that, you know, with all the things that happened, right, the very important lessons, well, maybe not lessons, but very important thing that came out of this is that women, at least now, are able to work from home. Like more of us are able to do that. Previously, their employers might not allow them to do that. Not at all. Right. And they have to commute every day.
0: Uh, But now,
1: I mean, like, imagine we already have this technology, like what, for over 10 years. Why haven't we really let a lot of women who are building their small and, you know, young families to be able to work from home or maybe like a couple of days out of the week? Why can't we, we do that? I mean, they are Zoom. Why do we have to wait until they yeah. hit COVID so that we can have that you know, flexibility from them? So that is a, something that I'm just so excited to see that now more and more companies are able to provide that, right? And making it, I hope in the future, making that something as, it's not just a benefit, but at least, it's in their regulation to give their female employees, especially those who are, Building their young families and options. Like, yes, you can work from home if you like to. Yeah. I mean, I was just talking to a gal at lunch on Friday, and she said she
0: works for, I think, an accounting firm, like a big, huge one. And she was talking about how they would just fly everywhere. Like, I mean, hundreds of employees constantly flying all over the country and hotel rooms and rental cars and trains, planes and automobiles. And it's like, oh, my God, that's first of all, it's a complete waste of money. It's a complete waste of time and energy. And it's so bad for the environment. I mean, hello. I mean, so I, I think that we're pulling back in the right direction of the the busy lifestyle. Like if you're not here nine to five, I don't have my value as your my employee. You have to be sitting in that desk, and it's insane. And and, and like even with my husband, like he would, might get done with the call at three thirty, have nothing else scheduled, and he could go coach, he could go for a walk, he could go with me and you know handle the grocery shopping instead of just sitting there till five because that's what's supposed to be done. And then he gets to go get on the train for an hour yeah. drive. home. So now it's two and a half hours of wasted wow. life yeah, each way, you know? And so it's, I think that, but this is, goes back to that, you know, sometimes things happen to, to, to recorrect, course correct. And we have, a, I think that this COVID has been a course correction for family and 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 time management and the environment yes and everything like that and i think that i mean if that doesn't scream bali even though i'm telling you the water bottle situation if you can figure that out yeah i mean we need to figure out bali water bottle situation because that is traumatic I but i mean i know there're definitely people over there working on it but it is the most beautiful country I mean, and just the housing and the things that you can do if you can get yourself there is just magical. I mean, yes, it is the most magical land. So are you planning on going back anytime soon?
1: Oh, I wish. I wish. I don't think we'll be able to go this year, but I am trying to see if we can actually go next year. Sometime next year. I think that'll be fantastic. I already got my first shot of vaccine. I'm looking for my second one in the next month. But I don't know what's going to happen, right? I feel like there's going to be like up and down with COVID. So we'll just see whenever it's safe. But I believe in things are progressing. We finally have vaccines and I'm hoping like, you know, things will be moving forward as well. And I honestly just feel like it's time for us to wait. We have been so busy hustling and moving forward all the time. I think it's just time to just like take it easy, right? It's not going (laughs) anywhere really. I mean it's like you can handle it the most you can. You don't have to force yourself and hopefully we'll be able to go to Bali. I mean like seems like you had a great time in there and I hope people will be able to you know come visit the island too. So and everyone out there that if you're thinking about starting a
0: business, if you have a business and you're like, okay, I want an adjustment, I need a new something if you've listened to this podcast, go back to the beginning because she explains that it it doesn't have to be a whole rehaul. Like, If you go see her, and again, all the contact information is in the show notes today at Sequel of Fia, you will be able to get the exact information that you need to make the changes in your company and your brand that you do and don't need. She'll be able to point it all out to you. But thank you so much for taking this time and talking about being, you know, on and off brand and staying on brand and all the challenges of being a woman entrepreneur and just how you got here and just being a badass boss bitch because <laughs> and not listening to anyone on your island or your parents or even free money and just following your heart because that to me is so important during this series as a woman and women listeners of listening and finding your voice. I mean, I, I just was talking to a gal earlier today. We just, sometimes we just, all we can hear is our moms in our head or we can, all we can hear is society in our head and and we just forget what our voice and our opinion and what our desires are and we get lost in it. So I thank you so much for sharing that part of your story so that women can know, and girls and that are listening can hear that it it does make a difference, and 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 helping kids as your husband did—not that you were a kid, but planting yeah. that seed for possibility—it literally changed the the direction of your life. And I just love it so much to have that hope. It's just so good. So thank you so much, Ari. I really appreciate you.
1: Thank you for having me here, Meredith. This has been so much fun
0: so much fun. Well, we'll definitely be talking soon since we're in Chicago and hopefully we yes. can go to like an event eventually here and actually see oh, each other that. in person. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you again so much. And we will we'll definitely talk soon. Everybody go check out Ari on her website and you're over on social media and everything too, right? Yes. Yep. Where are you at on Instagram? What's it? Is it the sequel on Instagram? Yep. Everywhere okay. on social media will be at Awesome. And that'll be in the show notes. So pay attention guys. All right. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to meredithwillis.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers.